True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Oh, hi everyone. Welcome back to Murder by Design. Thank you for joining us. This is Christina and I'm here with Stella and we have two very special guests with us tonight. We're chatting with Renee Rodden and Crystal Lawson, the ladies behind the popular True Crime Broads podcast. If you aren't familiar with Crystal and Renee, they've been focused on the unsolved 2016 murder of Terry Missy Bevers. Um, since they started, they have been raising awareness about the case in the hopes of it finally being solved. Hi, ladies. Hey, hello. Thank you for having us on. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us tonight. We truly appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, so, and why don't we? Too. Oh, you, and I admire you so for what you've done. Well, thank you. You too. Thanks for having us on. I think that true crime is intriguing, but when it happens in your own backyard and to someone that you can relate to, it's even, it's even more intriguing. We've just been obsessed with this case. And you've done a great job with awareness. Thank you. And don't stop. You're her voice. Yeah, that's pretty much our goal. We want to make sure that we keep her name um, out there so people that she's not just swept under the rug. That her, you know, um, people are talking about the case. And then hopefully um, they, the police have said many times they think that it's going to be somebody that gives a tip. And that's what we hope to keep it, you know, out in the, in the public side. Okay, so we'll start tonight by you both introducing yourselves and telling us a little bit about yourselves and what you do when you're not knee deep in true crime stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Renee, do you want to start? Sure. Um, my name is Renee Rodden. Um, I am, I, I currently live in the Ellis County area, which is the area where Missy was murdered. Um, I'm a uh, wife and mother. Uh, two grown kids. Um, I do have a business that I run. Um, and then, of course, I also take care of um, some family members as well as my granddaughter. So we, I do stay quite busy on top of doing the trick crime, but it's just something I'm passionate about and I can't put it down. So I just always make time for it. Similar story here. My name is Crystal Lawson. I'm a mom of three and a wife. I have a daughter in college and two boys still younger, still at home. And um, like Renee, I have a local connection to this case. I was, I was raised in DeSoto, Texas, which is just around the corner from where the murder occurred in Midlothian. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time running up and down 287 with my friends. You know, that's the same highway where the church sits where Missy was killed. And so when I heard the murder happened, I just, I was stopped in my tracks because really nothing much happens in Midlothian, Texas that would make it on the news. It's a quiet sleepy town and I stopped and then I heard it was a woman a mom of three her kids Missy's kids happened to be the same age as my kids coincidentally oh. it really caught my eye and I thought can you imagine that happening I mean what would I mean your kids are just devastated you know mm -hmm. um so it just really caught my eye I really related to the story even though I didn't know Missy personally 
Um, Renee actually had a personal connection to Missy that I didn't have, but it, it, I, I just felt it and it was strong. And I was like a lot of people when I saw that they had video of the perpetrator, they have 28 minutes of the perp walking around that church on video. I thought, oh, this will be solved in a couple of weeks. You know, so we all watched on the edge, edge of our seats and here we are still unsolved five years later. Hmm. Wow. It, it, a lot of these cases, they, they touch like really close, especially like you said, when, when you have kids that are the same age, when you can relate to her in any kind of way, it's so hard. I know that's like my thing. We're in the same age group, you know, a grown kid. And it's like, I can't even imagine how the family and then with all the outside stuff that came into play, it, it got really, really crazy. I know at some point, but the way you guys did the deep dive, our podcast started with a super deep dive into the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case. So we have more information and experience with the case than pretty much anybody. And all of us are really passionate about the case. So that's how we see you with the Missy case. And for those of us that don't know much about the Missy Beavers case, can you give us a brief summary of the case and where it stands at the current time? And you both also just gave us a little idea of what makes you so passionate about the case. So I definitely understand that and how we relate to the cases that we do. But I know a lot of people don't know all the details about this case. So just a brief summary. So Missy Beavers was a trainer, a fitness trainer for a company called Camp Gladiator. And the more they recruit people to their classes, the more money they make. Um, so they really actively try to grow their classes and she was relatively new at it at the time of her murder. So what she was doing is she was putting it on social media, um, you know, just, Hey, come to Creekside church. Or she also taught at a couple of other locations and she would publicize it on her Facebook and it was open. It was not a private Facebook page. You could see it, um, from anywhere. And so she was advertising these classes and trying to recruit people to come all the time. She would talk to people around town. She was very outgoing. By all accounts, she was a really good at recruiting people in addition to being an excellent trainer. So she became successful pretty quickly in the Camp Gladiator program. Um, my understanding is that's a nationwide program. So people listening, even if you're not in Texas, you've probably heard of it. And there's a lot of similar ones, you know, they're the parking lot workout programs where you see people at 6 a.m. and maybe like a grocery store parking lot or a restaurant parking lot. That's what Camp Gladiator is. And Missy happened to be teaching early in the morning a few days a week at Creekside Church of Christ in Midlothian. So she was there doing her normal routine that morning. She would just went in to go set up her class and it happened to be pouring rain. So she had put a message the night before on Facebook and said, hey, gladiators, if it's raining, we're still training. So what she meant was if you get up and it's raining, still come on over. We're still going to work out. So she said, we'll just move the class under the awning. And we also have heard that sometimes she would, we saw some pictures on Facebook that she had sometimes moved the class indoors if it was, you know, like below freezing, like in January. So we're not clear um, on whether or not they were going to actually work out under the awning or if the rain was so much they were going to work out inside. We kind of think they were going to work out inside because she had been carrying some of her equipment in. So she unlocks, uh, she gets out, she pulls up under the awning with her truck. Um, opens up her truck and starts unloading things, went inside, unlocked the church. Before anyone else could arrive, unfortunately, she was met by 
someone dressed in police tactical gear. And I can only imagine how shocked and scared she must have been because she's that's just her routine. She's used to being there alone in the mornings until her campers show up. And unfortunately, this morning she was killed just a couple of minutes after she walked in. I saw, I heard, I read. Yeah. It's so, pretty, it was awful. Yeah. Um, the other day, because when we meet through Zoom or through Facebook or chat, however, we're going to meet uh, the girls and I. We read about a new technology out of Japan that can possibly identify a person by their gait. Yes. Is this something that is being looked at in Missy's case? And do you think this new gait technology <laughs> may be the key to help identify Maybe. Missy's killer? Funny you should mention that. I sent, there's actually a company out of China called Waitrix, W-A-T-R-I-X. And I emailed MPD, I emailed the chief of police a couple of years ago. And I was just looking over these emails the other night. That's so ironic you'd bring that. That's why Ray was laughing. We were just talking about this. I, <laughs> I, I threw it up on our Instagrams to get people's opinions on it. And Waitrix, I know there is a Japanese company as well. I'm just, I just happen to be more familiar with the Chinese company. Okay. And I emailed the company first before I emailed MPD. And I said, hey, um, you know, there's a murder in a small town here in my area in Texas outside of Dallas. Would you be interested? Would you perhaps, um, I mean, because I'm just thinking for the publicity, right? This is a, of I mean, course. This, 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 this is a worldwide known case now. So I said, would you be willing to, for a low, lower cost or perhaps no cost, you know, would you be interested in taking on this case? And they said, have Midlothian police contact us. So I did contact the police. I forwarded them all that information and also an article about it that got me intrigued and in the first place. And they just wrote back and the chief of police forwarded it to one of the investigators. One of the investigators wrote me back and said, we're using something similar, but thank you. So really, I was, yeah, I was a little discouraged because my husband said, there's no way they're using something similar. This is brand new, you know, technology overseas. It's, it, it, I yeah, mean, what, I what could they possibly have what, that's similar? Come on, I can't, we haven't heard of an American company having this. And I, yes, exactly. I can't prove that they're not using it, but I just think that perhaps maybe, um, maybe they're referring to the video analysis that they had done in Tarrant County. Maybe they're referring to the forensic podiatrist that they had review tapes of suspects and compare it to the church video and look at the gate. I don't know, but I seriously doubt it was these, um, all these data points of this really high tech program that I don't know about you, but when you're talking about in Japan, but this one Waitrix is saying it's like, it rivals fingerprints almost. It's just a couple of percentage of points away in accuracy from fingerprints. Yeah, it? It's, it seems to be extremely accurate from what they say. So when, when I first read the article, I brought it right to the group and I'm like, hey, can this be used for the Delphi case? And right away, Stella said, what about Missy Beavers? And with Delphi, they're saying because of the bridge not being level and that may throw the gate off, it may not be a good option for Delphi, but for the Missy Beavers case, it absolutely should be an option. Especially since, I mean, didn't the police focus from what I remember, they focused on, on this person's gate, right? The strange gate that they had? Yes, yes they, did. Mm -hmm. they did, absolutely. 
Well, do you think the gate is real or do you think the gate was a made up gate? I honestly think that um, this is just my opinion. I think that the gate has a lot to do with what the perp is wearing. Um, and I think that it has um, a lot to do with their the, sh the shoes they have on. Um, this is just my honest opinion, but I feel like they have on shoes that are too big or boots mm -hmm. that are too big for them. And I know that, you know, in the past, um, in my life, I've, I've put on my husband's boots to go outside and check the mill or something. And it caused me to obviously walk differently because the boots were too heavy. They were too big. And my feet kind of went out instead of the way I normally walk. So I feel like the gait is kind of compromised for that reason, but that's just my thoughts. I totally agree with you. It looks like that it's a woman wearing men's shoes. That's the impression I, I got as well. Yeah, like maybe a bigger size and the front is stuffed with something. It would definitely, right. I agree, it would definitely throw the gate off. And also the gate is kind of different. You know, in that one shot where the perpetrator is sort of diagonally going across the room, they have that gate and it's really distinctive. But you don't really see it as much in some of the other takes where they're walking. So kind of makes me think it is the shoes, a big part of it. But still, you know, that gate analysis technology we were talking about, it says on there it can see through human manipulation you know like someone trying to fake a gate yeah oh, yeah. Kind oh. of yeah because of, of, of their stature and because uh, you know that one part where the the perp is um standing at that one door and they're kind of i always say this every time ever so gently trying to tap into that room or pretending to try to get in it right. and they have this like stance I mean, you can, you might be able to fake the way you position your feet on the floor as you're walking, but you can't really fake your stance in the way that you're moving your legs. And you know what I'm saying? So I feel like I feel like they could see through that. Yeah, because there's some some things you just can't fake. You're, I think you know your body naturally does certain things, and you really can't control certain things. Exactly. So, right. There's some yeah. of those data points that they are looking at. We don't even realize that we're doing right i agree yeah. yeah well we know that to protect the details and the integrity of an active investigation law enforcement can't just tell us everything that they know but i also remember that there was a lot of controversy in this case about quote unquote armchair detectives causing problems calling in tips that weren't really tips wasting a lot of time do you think the police are holding back a whole lot of information from the public because they don't want a repeat of that? Or do you think they just really don't have more than what we've seen? I really hope they're holding stuff back because then that means it might get solved. I worry that it's the other, that they don't have enough. Um, yeah. I really hope, I hope the reason they're quiet is they know who it is and they just don't have enough information, enough real yeah. evidence, you know, that would rise to the, level of legal evidence in court. So that's what I'm hoping is going on. Cause you know, they've got to have probable cause for arrest and all that stuff. And I'm really hoping that it's just, they know who it is, but it's just, they need to strengthen it. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's also my hope when I think about this case, because to think that they really don't have anything more is it's like tragic just thinking about it. But I remember when, when all of that happened. So I'm like, well, hopefully they're holding a lot really close, you know, close to the vest because of all that. And later on, we will find out that they knew a whole lot more. They just couldn't tell everything. I bet that'll end up being the case. I sure hope so. Me too. I, feel, I kind of feel like um, 
that, that that is the case. And I'll tell you one of the reasons I believe that. Um, when we decided to um, uh, do a billboard and raise money for a billboard to hopefully bring in even more tips, um, we actually talked to, well, we didn't talk to them, but we got in touch with someone who um, asked the police if, if they supported us in doing a billboard and they said, absolutely. So I feel like they are just waiting on uh, at any opportunity they can get to get the tip that will, you know, help bring in, the, bring in this person. So I feel like if they didn't, they probably wouldn't have done that and been reaching out more and maybe doing more press conferences and stuff. So I kind of feel like they do have, you know what I'm saying? They, they just need that one piece of information to convict this person. And they're just waiting on that. Yeah, I hope so. And and they do seem to think it's isolated because never once has, has Midlothian police ever said, lock your doors, look out, you know, they've never, yeah. warned, they've never warned the public. So I feel like they know it's contained to Missy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could agree with that. So um, Missy's husband and father-in-law were cleared by police and have never been considered suspects. Yet so many people online seem to be adamant that one or both of them are involved somehow. Do you think there's any reason that they shouldn't have been cleared or are possibly hiding something in this case? I really think that what's going on is people that haven't taken a very deep dive into the case are just automatically going to say it's someone close to her. The husband did it because let's face it, a lot of times the husband does do it. Um, so I don't think it's really crazy that people go there initially. I think all of us entertain that on day one, but I don't think that um, there's any reason for them to be suspected at this point. I mean, the father-in-law was not in town and that's, those are hard facts that aren't opinion. I mean, he literally was out of town. Um, we've talked to people who know him, but also the police have verified that he was in Oceanside, California. They verified it through phone pings. They verified it through his travel records. They verified it through people who were physically with him in California that night, hanging out until late. So there's no way he could have traveled all the way to Midlothian, Texas. So, I mean, the father-in-law is just a no-go. And same goes with Brandon. He was on that annual fishing trip that he takes all the time. And I've often wondered, as an aside, Renee and I have talked about this, I wonder if the perp knew he was out of town and thought that would be a good time to do it, or was that just a huge coincidence? Um, we don't know. But anyway, so yeah, Brandon went on that annual fishing trip with the same guys every year, and we did see proof that it was an annual thing because we're, Renee and I are Snoopy, and we rolled back in their Facebook and we saw the previous year's post about it. So it, it's an annual thing same guys and they interviewed the guys MPD even went out there just to talk to the boat captain and everything and it was all on the up and up and when he got when Brandon got the news that Missy had been killed he was about to step on a boat and not have cell phone service mm -hmm. for three days so you know he narrowly missed not getting to come back and be with his girls for three days mm -hmm. so that would have been terrible too on top of the horror of what happened I think um, you guys have a Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. I'm sure you've seen drama 
the way we've seen drama oh, in yeah. groups. <laughs> um, we actually had to shut down our first group because we just were like, okay, we can't do this anymore. So we've reestablished our group now and we're going for the no drama route. But I think these people online, when I see some of the theories, I think it's like, okay, Susan Powell, that was the husband and the weird father-in-law. Okay, there's a, a husband and a father-in-law in this case. All right, it's just like the Susan Powell case. The father-in-law is weird. And I think people just go off on these crazy tangents and it's like, okay, but law enforcement cleared them from right. the beginning. Well, they shouldn't have, they're hiding something. And it's like, okay, well, what do you know? You know, tell us what yeah. you know. And it's like, I don't know anything except they're hiding something. And it's like, okay, so you solved the case right there. So yeah. I think I think a lot of it is just sometimes people just go for like whatever drama they can they can go for. And that's like one of the most dramatic things is, OK, her husband and her father in law got together to kill her. Like it, it's right. ridiculous. But oh, I wanted you know, I wanted to actually hear it from you guys, since, like I said, you guys know more than probably anybody about this case. You know what's crazy is that we have a whole episode on uh, Randy didn't do it because we hear more often than we hear the husband did it. We hear the father-in-law did it. Yes. And, it, and, and yes. like I said, they base it on that gate. And, you know, I've tried to be, you know, tried to mention to me and Crystal both. We're always like, well, you know, he's been cleared this, that, and the other way. That doesn't matter. The gate is, is, is dead on. And I'm like, the gate is not even like 100% real. Um, I mean, I really believe that that Waitrix could do something with it, but I don't believe that it's their true gate because those shoes are making them walk funny. And they're like, nope, they still did it. And we're just like, whatever. <laughs> well, oh, and Randy just looks, oh, Randy is the father-in-law. He just looks too big. He's oh, much yeah. bigger around. I mean, if you put all that gear on him, he would be quite a bit larger than that perp in the church, in our opinion. Oh, yeah, I, well, I agree from the videos that I've seen with the father-in-law. I agree well, on that. In my opinion, it looks to me like the person was trying to make themselves look like it could be Randy, but it was they were disguising themselves almost like it could be a, a female. Yes, absolutely. That's I, I was looking at the hands, even the gloves were large. Yeah, yeah, I think they, they did a lot of uh, of uh, staging to make themselves definitely they wanted, I think they wanted to look male. Uh, they wanted to throw people off and, and if you look and this is what i see if you look at the the attire that this person has on it almost looks like they sort of have on workout gear mm -hmm. coupled with a swat type gear look and and it's you know i'm sure it threw them off is that a person that was fixing to go to class is that somebody that's you know gonna jump out after they do this and run over there and act like they're there to take the class so they don't look guilty i mean to me it, they're just they're really going for something there and it's it worked <laughs> They just seem to know their way around that church. Very, they were very familiar, in my opinion. The way she was, I wasn't sure were. when I was watching it. I really wasn't sure. I'm like, okay, it's possible that they're familiar, but then again, this could also be someone that's just walking around to see what you know what they find. So I really wasn't sure by watching if if they were really that familiar with the church. It's kind of hard. You kind of look at it on one hand, and you can kind of feel like they're familiar. 
And then on the other hand, you can look at it and feel like they're unfamiliar. I, I, I feel like they were just passing time and maybe just going through rooms because that one room that they try to break into, I mean, they really didn't try wholeheartedly, obviously. I mean, I'm not a thief, never broken anything. And if I wanted to get in that door, I probably could have got in it. They wouldn't try and real hard, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I feel like it was just passing time and maybe just kind of getting familiar with the church so that they knew where she might be or, okay, so she's not going to be in this room. This is storage room. Okay. She's not going to be in this room. Cause this is like the, the, you know, where they have that hold the services, you know what I'm saying? Kind of maybe getting familiar with everything. That's kind yeah, of what trying I, to get more familiar. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah, and, guys, and, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So I want you to finish your thought because I was going to move on to another question. Oh no. I was just going to say also, when I watched that video, I have to remind myself, this person's not right in the head at all because I try to think, okay, they look familiar. They don't look familiar and all this stuff. But really that person was very determined to kill Missy. They got up in the, middle, they, in the middle of the night. They were probably still up and put on all that garb and drove over there in the pounding rain to wait for her in that church to kill her. That's just someone who's really determined to hurt someone. And, yes. you know, so every time I run it through a filter of how would I feel, you know, is that, am I familiar with the building? Am I not? I just have to stop and say, you know what, I'm going to have to stop driving myself crazy over this because this person's not right. They're either on drugs or they're just unstable or some combination of that. I think we so. have we have that issue a lot, I think, with cases when you're really trying to understand and you can't understand and then you have to remind yourself like, well, of course you really can't understand because your mind is not the same as that person. There's no way your mind right. could ever process that. So I, I definitely get that. But you brought up the billboards earlier. So you guys have been able to raise enough awareness and also enough money to put up two billboards as of now? Um, there's just one billboard, but it was uh, due to come down in December. And we had a listener that called in and paid for it for another four months. And they have um, committed to continuing the billboard as long as it needs to be there. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. Where is the billboard located for our Texas viewers? It's actually off of 287. It's going to be just um, west of Ennis. So when you're coming from Midlothian off 287, uh, you're going to go through Midlothian and then it's going to be Waxahachie and then it's going to be Rigger Springs, which is just like a little you just blink and you you miss it and then it's Ennis so it's kind of just past Waxahachie right before you get to Rigger Springs so it's in Ellis County for sure and um that was that was probably the best location that we could find in Ellis County and they told us the police said just anywhere in Ellis County would be fine so okay and do you know since since the billboard's been up has there been an increase in the tips that are coming in Yes, we um, have actually gotten a couple different reports. Um, at first, we were told um, that the, the uh, tips didn't increase. And so they sent us a graph. And I can't remember the percentage. Do you remember, Crystal? But it was it went up quite a bit. We were like, that first that first report, the one that I saw, they said that the trip, the tips were about three times. Um, that was like back in October, though. I don't, yeah. I don't think I saw the second report. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they've increased every time. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, so it's definitely doing what it's supposed to be doing and raising awareness. Right. That's that's great. That's awesome. I'm I'm when when I read about the when I was reading about the case because I did like a five minute um, 
we 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 were doing a, a segment called Five at Four. So it was five minutes about a case and I did Missy Beavers and that's how I found out about you guys originally. And I was like, wow, they they are really, they're raising enough money to do this. Like, this is amazing. We have to talk about this and we have to talk to these ladies. Like, and that's when I first contacted you. So it, 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 what you guys are doing is amazing for this case. Like Stella said, you've become her voice. Thank you. Oh, thank oh, you. Absolutely. You know, and we didn't know we were signing up for five years. We thought that both Renee and I, and, and we're really grateful that through this, and we think that Missy would love this, is that Renee and I have become really good friends. We talk on the phone constantly and we're, we're very close friends now. And um, we met through the Missy Beavers discussion groups. And, you know, that was something that maybe positive came out of it. And hopefully we yes. can, um, I mean, hopefully this thing will get solved. I mean, it won't bring Missy back, which is what we'd really like to do, bring her back to her family. But yeah, that's not possible. We just really hope that we can get this solved and maybe some type of comfort will come to her family from knowing what happened and knowing that the person's being punished for it. That's yeah, at happened. least at least having those answers and some I know there's never full justice, but at least some type of justice for yeah. her and for some the type family. Of closure. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what we can do to help as a group. What can anyone that's watching or listening do right now to help you get this case solved? Um, share, if you'll go to True Crime Broad's Facebook page, maybe share a post about maybe what the perpetrator looks like from time to time where we'll point out features um, like the forensic podiatrist said that the perpetrator appears to be double jointed in the knees and hypermobility is this another word for being double jointed. And we looked it up and hypermobility is only in about 20% of the population. So that right there narrows it down considerably. Um, and just, we would just ask people, if you're local, do you know anyone who was acting weird during that time? Do you know anyone who maybe didn't say very nice things about Missy when they saw it on the news that she had been killed? Maybe, you know, Cheryl McCollum was on our show and she said that the perpetrators probably out there if, if something about Missy Beavers comes up, they might say, well, if she hadn't have been doing this or hadn't been this way, maybe she'd still be alive, you know, stuff like that. You know, has anyone heard anything suspicious? Um, or did your neighbor disappear overnight and act weird the next day? Or did someone come to work exhausted that next day and they weren't accounted for? You know, there's just anything like that if you are local. And then if you're not local, if you could just share some of our posts um, maybe share, go to the Midlothian Police YouTube channel and share the video of the perpetrator. And I just hope, you know, we hope that maybe it gets shared and shared enough. It'll finally get to the, a person that can help, that would call in the right tip that they're looking for. We of course, we'll put links to everything in the show notes so that everybody can find your Facebook page and the podcast and the group and everything. So they, they, that'll be easy for them to find. Okay. Right. We also have a Twitter, an Instagram, and a YouTube as well. So if that's um, if so there's people out there that don't use Facebook by chance, they can always go to our YouTube, I mean, our um, Twitter, Instagram. And then we do have some of our podcasts <laughs> uploaded on the YouTube, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. okay, and what are your plans for the podcast going forward? Are you going to be, I know you've done a couple of other episodes on like Chris Watts and a few other cases. Are you going to be branching out into other cases also? You know, the main reason we do that is because there's two reasons. One reason is we just have, 
we're just all talked out on this beers and we kind of need some time to reset and try to think of another avenue to take since the police haven't released anything new in so long. So what that allows us to do is kind of reset and keep our audience, but also it brings in other people to the case because people who are searching for a podcast about Chris Watts, you know how popular that case is. Um, And I I was, Marina and I were both very interested in that one as well. So doing that episode, I feel like it brought people to the Missy Beavers case that weren't aware of it. So that was helpful too. So we will continue to do other high profile cases, but our focus is Missy's case. Okay, well, we are really looking forward to seeing what else you ladies have in store for us. And like I said, we're going to put links to everything in our show notes. So be sure to check those out. And Thank you, True Crime Broads, Renee and Crystal, for being here with us tonight. We appreciate you both, and we definitely have to do this again soon. Maybe oh, we, yes. can, we can get together and collaborate on some cases. Thank you so much for having us. And yeah, thanks for hanging out with us and dishing True Crime with thanks. the Good Wives and Murder by Design. We'll see you next time. Good night. Good, Good night, night, ladies. Yes. Yeah.